1: Going on. Welcome to episode number 933 of Lockdown Raptors for Monday, April the 26th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at Sean. Find the show at Lockdown Raptors. You can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And, of course, please make sure you're checking out the entirety of the Lockdown Podcast Network. we got so much stuff for you, including the final day of the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, the special podcast feed for the Lockdown NFL channel that's going on right now. Now, go subscribe to that feed. Listen to every single Mock Draft special that started last week. There's six of them now as of today, and they're all fantastic. They all feature our local experts as well as Odyssey Sports experts like Michael Irvin and Brian Baldinger and a whole bunch of other really, really smart folks covering the NFL Draft, as I believe that goes down starting on this Thursday. So get yourself ready if you're a football fan with the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021. Okay, on today's show, we are gathered here today to talk about a... Kind of really fun, but also gut-punchy loss to the New York Knicks on Saturday afternoon, 120-103. to 103. The Raptors uh, in close for most of this one until the last few minutes kind of made it a bigger disparity than it actually was on the court throughout this game. And joining me to talk about the Raptors' loss to the Knicks and what it means and you know, our biggest takeaways and all that good stuff is our usual Monday guest here on the podcast, one of our faves. It's Vivek Jacob. What's going on, buddy?
0: Not much. I had a pretty good weekend. Uh, obviously, you know, the Raptors losing is not great, but I also just watched the latest <laughs> Open Gym. Uh, and so I'm all caught up on that. And it was all about Freddie Gillespie. So good times.
1: Yeah, You can't go wrong with Freddie Gillespie content at this point. The guy's a king. Uh, no. And I, I have not watched the Open Gym. I, I, I think I've revealed this on the podcast before, but I've never actually watched an entire episode of Open Gym before. I know that sounds like a crime. Um, it just, it, I don't have, it's never on when I'm, like, watching TV. I don't know. Maybe I'm a ghoul. Maybe I'll catch up on it. You know you day, can but... watch them
0: on YouTube, right?
1: Yeah, that's fair. I just, I don't watch <laughs> things on YouTube. That's just not how my brain works. Uh, I'll watch short little uh, videos on Twitter and... Then I'll watch a show or a movie and not YouTube videos. But I'm also old and stuck in my dumb ways, even though I'm not even that old. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad I was able anyway. to make a
0: contribution to the uh, Freddie Gillespie content.
1: Hey, yeah. I, I mean, With my I, I appreciate you bringing it up. Misunderstood. I'll watch course. it, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy that it was you who asked a question about defensive schemes, honestly. I'm glad that you're like... Now part of uh, Raptors lore for good. It's similar to I was watching, uh, speaking of YouTube videos that I do watch. To be fair, uh, I, I wasn't I actually videos.
0: asking about the schemes, by the way. Yeah. yeah <laughs> he took it that way. That's fair. <laughs> but that was not my question. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, what a guy. Um, but yeah, that, like I always wanted to know who the guys were asking questions in the Mike James uh, press conference from like 2006 when he was on that run of scoring uh, like 30 plus every night, and uh, fighting for that 20 point per game scoring mark by the end of the season, and he was getting lots of questions about it from uh, very uh, milk toast Toronto media folks. And uh, I always wish I I could know the the, the voices behind those questions. at that, that that very you're you're not the one of those people, by the way. You're far cooler than all those people. Um, but anyway. <laughs> It's nice to be part of a famous press conference, is what I'm trying to say. Um, Anyway, let's uh, dive on in here, Big V, to the Raptors and Knicks game from Saturday afternoon. Again, a 120-103 win for the Knicks over the Raptors. The Knicks now nine in a row, which is crazy and good for them. Happy for Knicks fans. They're kind of having the 2013-14 Raptors season a little bit, and... Uh, Anytime a team has that surprise, holy crap, kind of good season, I fully encourage uh, the people to enjoy the hell out of it and milk it for all it's worth. So good on the Knicks. The Raptors, however, pretty tough loss for them as it relates to the play-in race. The Wizards keep on winning games and not making it any easier on the Raptors. And they're now a game and a half back of Washington for that 10th spot. Um, We'll get into the sort of play-in ramifications and whatnot in a little bit here, Big V. But question for you. What was your biggest takeaway from the Raptors loss to the Knicks on Saturday?
0: My biggest takeaway was that we need to appreciate Pascal Siakamore. And I feel like, and this isn't specific to this game. I feel like he's had a really good run. Um, He had that one uh, rough game. And I feel like outside of that, he's been on a really good run. This was another really good performance and we need to appreciate it. I feel like, yeah, there is completely valid criticisms to make, and he's not uh, a number one option. I think that's fairly clear at at this point, but the things he's done to be a clear-cut number two and the playmaking, all of that suggests that, you know, he might even ascend to like a one and a half, and I'm glad that he has someone like a Kem Birch, someone like a Frederick Gillespie who can finish at the rim now because some of those playmaking skills that he's developed are actually being finished at the rim now. So, yeah, that's my biggest takeaway.
1: That's a really good point. Um, You know, I saw, you know, as is often going to happen after a game where the Raptors lose and Pascal makes a single solitary mistake, uh, like he had one pretty rough turnover when he was trying to find OG cutting baseline and then you know he just kind of missed and duffed the pass and that was tough but yeah and it was back I, I to back it was like
0: th- it was that and yeah. the one where he tried to throw the hit ahead and it went out of bounds that's right so, that's right yeah
1: so but that yeah, lends you get those to my two point. mistakes there yeah you got a couple mistakes in there and yeah like all of these are just further points of proof that he's not a number one option on a championship team but like if you're still thinking that he is Or equating his max contract status to having to be that, I think you're just kind of missing the point and you're missing out on a really, really freaking good basketball player who continues to make strides and put the really rough bubble and tough start to this season way behind him, you know, 26, 7, and 5 in this one, 5 of 9 from 3, really great to see him hit some 3s, and I don't know about you, but I feel pretty good that his 3s are going to kind of snap back to where they should be in a normal season next year, Um, maybe that is like an off-base sort of assumption, but he's been 36%-ish the last couple years, this feels like a weird outlier season more than than anything else, and, you know, as they pointed out in the broadcast, he's realized he's not hitting his 3s quite as often, and has become just a freaking terror scoring at the basket these days. And that's really great to see. Yeah, you have a couple that lip out late in that game uh, yesterday in the afternoon against the Knicks. You know That one that looked like it was really good off the glass and it just kind of bounced around and out. I mean, that's unfortunate, but that happens to literally everybody. Everybody misses layups, contested layups. It happens. It was ill-timed, sure. But yeah, if your takeaway from this game was a Pascal Siakam-related one that was negative, I I don't think you're really, you're kind of nitpicking at this point. You're looking for those little points of criticism to just sort of add to whatever bad faith argument you're putting together when you're kind of missing, oh, he's 21, like seven and five on 55.2 true shooting, which is just about where he was last season on, um, you know, I think an even more difficult diet of shots this season, considering, you know, the lesser supporting cast and the injuries and just like the unevenness of this season, it's really impressive. And you're right he is kind of morphing into potentially like a one a where, yeah, maybe he's not the number one on a championship team, but he can be the number one on a good playoff team. And that's still something to hang your hat on and is still worth the contract. It's worth it. If he's just a number two or a two A. like that's how max players get, we don't need to relitigate at all. We've done this before, but um, <laughs> yeah, a really nice overall game from Pascal Siakam. And I think it's a very worthy biggest takeaway. He was awesome. And watching him kind of rediscover his, you know, previous ability to just blow by guys basically whenever he wants. There was that awesome stat that was put out this week about how Siakam's the only guy in the league who's top 10 in scoring efficiency when he's got the ball in his hands for, for isolations and also top 10 in defensive efficiency when he's guarding isolations. That's an absurdly cool stat and uh, it doesn't surprise you when you look at him play and watch what he's doing and kind of rediscovering the fact that he's six foot nine and nobody can stay in front of him. It's beautiful. And uh, hopefully that continues. And, you know, I I would say, do I need to see him play 41 minutes in a game going down the stretch here again? Probably not. Uh, I think you can certainly (laughs) reel that back a bit. But if he's going to play the way he has, then maybe that's Nick Nurse's only recourse if they want to try to win games is to play him a ton because he has had that positive on-court impact all season long. And uh, maybe you just got to do it. So that was your big takeaway. I'm going to get to my big takeaway in just one second, because I am really fascinated by the minutes distribution in the game yesterday and sort of how Nick Nurse went about using his lineup. And I kind of have some issues with it uh, based on the sort of philosophy that I'm hoping the Raptors can carry for this season. We'll get to that in just one second. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Indeed, who are the number one place you want to go if you're looking to hire for your company. Indeed is the job site that makes it easy easy as one, two, three to hire. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet your must-have qualifications. And schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with the right and hi- right talent and hiring those people fast, and easy. You can choose from more than 130 skills tests as well, and then add your must-have requirements, so you only pay for applications that meet those exact requirements. You're just tailoring it to exactly what you need, and on average, the Indeed skills tests are going to increase your hiring time by an average of 27%. Sorry, reduce your hiring time, that is, by an average of 27%. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credits. Upgrade your job post post at indeed.com slash locked. Get a $75 credit at indeed.com slash locked, L-O-C-K-E-D, indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Today's show is also brought to you by Built Bar, who are making the best tasting protein bars money can buy. They have a wonderful lineup of 18 amazing flavors and a bunch of specialty flavors that they will drop you know, a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit around this holiday, a little bit around that holiday. Keep your eye on BuiltBar.com and they will constantly be surprising you with new flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. They're great for the health-conscious person as well. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for keto diets as well. I like to eat Built Bars when I'm going for a workout. Hasn't happened in a while. It's been quite a time since I did any sort of physical exertion, but I'll be doing it again soon and I'll be doing so fueled by Built Bars. They are great and they don't weigh you down or anything like that, like a big carb-heavy lunch. Go to BiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D 15, and get 15% off your next order. That's the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BiltBar.com. All right, Big V, uh, continuing on here. My biggest takeaway from the Raptors-Knicks game is that I don't love Nick Nurse's sort of abandonment of development in the last couple of games here. And this one was, I think, a pretty extreme example where, you know, as I've said all along, I want them to make the playoffs. I want them to get into the play-in and make some noise and do the thing. But I don't think it's worth doing it at the expense of, you know, getting the guys who... Figured to be part of your long term plans, extra reps and different types of reps and trying to do things that maybe they're not super comfortable with. I, I think they've done that well with OG Ananobi. And so that's not really part of this criticism. He was awesome in this game 27, 5, 3, and 2, 6 of 11 from 3, 9 of 16 overall. He was fantastic and is an absolute problem. And I am really, really intrigued about what he's going to look like next season. And I'm glad that they're giving him these extra looks with the ball in his hands to kind of get comfortable so that's not part of my problem my problem is Malachi Flynn playing six minutes and Gary Trent Jr. playing 19 while Fred Van Vliet plays 40 Kyle Lowry plays 36 OG and Siakam play 39 and 41 respectively I I just don't think there's a couple reasons why it doesn't really work to me I, I think you really want to see what Flynn can do you have this bench lineup that you've kind of cultivated and playing him six minutes isn't exactly allowing him to build on the sort of progress he's made so far. Gary Trent Jr., he's been in a rough kind of way these last few games. Obviously, he's kind of shooting you out of things when he's on on the floor right now, but be creative. Put him out there with extra starters. Put him in there with three or four starters at a time. You know, go small, whatever it might be. I don't think playing him just 19 minutes is the answer when you're trying to kind of figure out what he is. Maybe this is them stealthily trying to, you know, drive down what his market value is going to be this summer. I don't know. If so, they're playing 3D chess and good for them. But I would like to see Trent play more. I'd like to see Gillespie play more than the 13 minutes he got in this game as well. It just feels like they, in this game and in the last couple, have kind of sacrificed the development that was going on that was leading to wins in the name of just trying to win at all costs. And it's led to them playing their starters insane minutes. And you saw them get exhausted at the end of the game. Obviously, the effects are only a month old now of of having COVID for some of these guys and all that. So I think you still have to be mindful of that when you're rolling out these enormous minute totals. I had a problem with it. Uh, Vivek, am I wrong to be upset with the usage and the sort of starter heavy strategy from Nick Nurse in this game?
0: No, I mean <laughs> you're perfectly entitled to your opinion. Um <laughs> I, I didn't quite see it that way. I think for me they've gotten a lot of minutes and we've seen a lot of development out of them. I just didn't think Gary Trent was playing very well. Um okay. and I thought if he was playing better, he probably would have got more minutes. But yeah, I think the bench as a whole they they really really struggled and so Uh, I don't think that helped their their cause. Malachi Flynn didn't get very minutes at all to prove that, uh, you know, he was an exception. If he had got more time, maybe he would have got something going. But I do think about what Nick Nurse said about how he views development and how it's about teaching them how to win. And obviously the Raptors lost Mm -hmm. this game. They lost this game by a lot, but... I think in terms of teaching these young guys how to win, part of it is also, you know, not just handing them minutes and it's also seeing what that core does and what their habits are on the court. And so I don't think the only part of development is just being on the court. And so while it was great that they got that time on there, I'm sure that they'll get more time when they're playing better off the bench, but these opportunities where they're able to see what the core is doing as a group together on the court and also understanding what it's going to take to get on there. Uh, I, I think someone like Fred VanVleet is a great example, right? It's not like he was someone that was just handed minutes. He literally took them away from DeLon Wright and uh, and just basically worked his way up to the point now where he's the surefire starter. So I think that's an important lesson to learn too.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Maybe I'm a uh, to participation trophy ish uh, with my <laughs> desired everyone getting the same number of minutes. Uh, yeah, probably wrong. The bench was bad yesterday. You're right. Um, Trent was a minus thirty three in his nineteen minutes, so I-, I guess I understand the desire to not play him. Um, you know Gillespie. I think had his moments defensively, but didn't really make an impact on the glass in this one. And uh, Utah had a rough time offensively as well. Uh, fine <laughs> I guess I understand <laughs> the, uh, the lowered minutes for the bench guys I, I just you know I, I still think and, and it's, it's weird I'll, I'll give you this I'll give you this happy right like it's it's a weird part of the season where all of the different intentions are kind of conflicting and like I want them to make the playoffs without playing their guys 40 minutes but maybe they only make the playoffs if they play their guys 40 minutes I don't know man it's, uh, right. it's a strange time to try to evaluate things what were you going to say though
0: Oh, no, I I was just going to say, if if Malachi Flynn plays six minutes a game for the remainder of the season, then yeah, I I do think that's a problem. But for for this one-off, you know, I'll I'll wait and see how things go.
1: Yeah, that's totally fair. Um, And I guess, look, it was a very hotly contested game as well. It kind of had playoff-ish energy for the first three quarters, which was... Really jarring to see in a Raptors-Knicks game. Uh, <laughs> we've not really seen things like that in uh, in quite some time. And, you know, it, it was a... I, I feel like there's probably a little bit of pressure with the Wizards winning every freaking game to, to sort of try to win all these games if you can by the Raptors. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, I, I still think maybe had Pascal and Fred not played 40 minutes each... Maybe had they played 35 or something like that, they might had a have had a little juice net at the end there when it seemed like fatigue was setting in. But it's all very easy in hindsight for uh, a non-coach to make these sorts of uh, critiques and criticisms. Um, It's also worth noting that Kyle Lowry was pretty bad in this game, and you know if he was better, they probably win. Um, You know he he could not make a three. Unfortunately, yeah, exactly. You know he, I thought in the first quarter he was excellent, kind of dictating the game as he wants to do. The playmaking was obviously there. But, uh, yeah, if you're going to go 1 of 10 and 0 of 8 from 3, it's going to be difficult because this is still a team that even with the newfound depth or whatever we're calling it on the bench, um, you know, it's still unproven. We still don't really know how that lineup looks together. They were missing Chris Boucher, which is obviously a big thing as well, even though I kind of think that was not really a matchup for Boucher anyway with how bruising and mean the Knicks are. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, I think that's... Maybe I'm a little bit over-reactionary to the six minutes for Malachi Flynn. Maybe that's where I'm at here. It's just that that sort of number sticks in my craw is something I'm not happy with. Um, I, let me ask you quickly before we move into the final segment just kind of round out some other notes. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. Like, rough, like we said, rough game. Didn't play very well. Minus 33. Just four points. His last few games now, in particular, the two coming off the bench have been very rough. He doesn't look comfortable. Um, you know. I I think we're seeing, and we talked about this at length with Joe Wolfond on Thursday's podcast. We don't need to rehash too much of it, but I do think we're seeing a bit of a coming back down to earth a little bit and a bit of a sort of recalibration of expectations for him. Is Gary Trent Jr. you think like costing himself money right now with the way he's played coming off the bench here? Or is it just a a little blip and we'll probably see him go on a heater at some point here uh, in the next little while? I
0: mean, on the subject of costing himself money, he's probably done that on the season as a whole, right? Like Mm -hmm. when you look at what he did in the bubble in Orlando last year, I think that's part Mm -hmm. of why he didn't take the extension from Portland, uh, thinking that, hey, I'm I'm about to blow up here. Uh, So uh, I don't think he took advantage of that opportunity. He bet on himself. I don't think it's quite worked out. Um, he'll probably, I mean, he'll probably get more than the 54. But uh, I mean, I imagine he probably imagined something much larger uh, when he decided to reject that contract. So yeah, I, I do think inconsistency is still an issue for him. Uh, defensively, we're learning more about him uh, in terms of his weaknesses. And offensively, I think he's just got to be a better decision maker, right? and We're mm-hmm. seeing that there really isn't a shot that he doesn't mind taking. Uh, and so I feel like, yeah, that's going to be a bit, of, a bit of an adjustment. And so all those things, you know, we've seen Masai and Bobby work contracts. And we've seen, you know, if you're able to get OG a four year 72 mil, if you're able to get Fred Van Vliet at four years, 85, um, I imagine they'll get pretty fair value for uh, Gary Trent Jr.,
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not worried, by the way. Um, You know, I I think actually this little stretch might be good for the sort of general psyche of Raptors fans as, as it pertains to Gary Trent. I wonder if that stretch where he was hitting game winners and setting career highs two times in a week and kind of carrying the day when they were completely depleted, maybe sort of overinflated what he actually is in the minds of Raptors fans who had never really seen him up close and personal. And maybe this is a bit of realism that is good to have when you're sort of evaluating your team. And I still have a lot of faith in Gary Trent, bench guy, and sort of microwave off the bench scorer who can potentially fit into a starting five as like a number five option type guy who can really burn opposing defenses for, you know, sagging off their attention and, and diverting it elsewhere in the lineup. You know, there, there's, there's a lot of value in a guy who can do the things Gary Trent can do. Obviously, it's not gone super well recently, but I'm not too worried about it being some sort of long-term trend. And again, it's worth remembering, he's the youngest player on the team. The young players have things that uh, they go through, and uh, they, they usually come through. So, yeah, I'm uh, mm-hmm. not not pressing any uh, like alarm bells or anything like that just yet with Gary Trent Jr., uh, we're gonna continue on, we're gonna wrap up, and I wanna dive into the play-in race a little bit and the upcoming schedule for your Toronto Raptors, which is going to be quite difficult, begins with a game against the Cavaliers tonight, and then it gets a lot more difficult from there, and we'll talk about uh, you know, play-in philosophy and you know, all of that good stuff that we love to talk about all the time here on the podcast. And we'll be back <laughs> in just one second to talk about that. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at BetOnline.ag the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action you've got the nba every single night mlb nhl whatever it might be you can bet on it right now and also they have other things too like tv shows reality tv you may be listening to this podcast after winning a bunch of money betting on the oscars which are going on as we record right now um and maybe you got you checked out if you're listening to me with Bet Online, you would have put some money down on the Oscars through Bet Online, and are probably winning money today. So you're welcome. Uh, real-time updated odds and props and almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Just head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And don't forget to use the promo code Locked On, all one word, to get that 50% welcome bonus at BetOnline.ag. All right, just a heads up, uh, tomorrow's episode, we'll be recapping the Cavs game, and then the day after that, we're recapping the Nets game. We're back to what we're used to on the podcast, where there's games every single night, and uh, they're only recap podcasts on the schedule for the foreseeable future. So. To back tomorrow to talk about the Cavs game. We'll finish off talking about the Knicks game a little bit here. Um, not so much the Knicks game itself. I think we've kind of squared that one away, unless you had any stray thoughts. Big V, um, you know, fun game. The Knicks are cool, uh, and it's a shame the Raptors lost it. And I thought, had the Raptors just kind of hit some open looks a little bit more often they might have won this one you know that it definitely wasn't a 17 point disparity type of game um you know fake comeback and all that good stuff that you're used to with this raptors team as well um but i I do want to just sort of take a look now at the play-in uh standings and the race for that big v Currently the Raptors are 12th in the East. They are tied with the Bulls but lost the tiebreaker to them and they're both a game and a half back of the Washington Wizards who have won 7 in a row and have I believe a pretty easy schedule as uh strength of schedule whatever you're putting in terms of value into that metric you know what that might, your mileage may vary I don't think it matters all that much but still they are uh currently in the driver's seat even though I think it it'd be pretty safe to say the Raptors are the best team on paper in this group. The wizards are, are doing the thing right now. So Vivek, where are you at on the play in race? Are you still like, I I don't know, but my sort of confidence has waxed and waned recently. I thought for sure, after a couple wins last week, they were in the driver's seat, the favorites to get the 10 seed. If you had to handicap it right now, where would you put the Raptors chances, you know, first, second or third best chances of these three teams?
0: I would probably say second best. I think the Wizards probably have the best shot based on their strength of schedule, based on the way they're playing. Uh, I think Daniel Gafford has been a nice pickup for them. And I think just having, again, a big man that can roll uh, alongside Bradley Beal, alongside Russell Westbrook is making a big difference for them. Obviously they lost Thomas Bryant early in the season and that really hurt them. Uh, Davis Bertance has come back uh, and playing well. So uh I think they are the best shot at that 10th seed. I think uh, the Bulls are just a team I do not trust. Mm-hmm. And I think there was a game they played against the Blazers very recently where I don't mm-hmm. know if you saw the shot that Denzel Valentine took when they were down. So they were down 96-91 and they I got the ball. I didn't see that
1: specific them. one, but uh, yeah, I, 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 and, I'm imagining it in my head.
0: Yeah, so they're down 96-91. Denzel Valentine uh, comes up the court, and just as everyone is setting up for whatever play they might run, literally with 20 seconds left from about 30 feet, he just jacks one up, and it's an air ball. That is not a team that I am trusting to do the right things down the stretch to make the play-in tournament. That's Uh, Lou
1: Williams shit. (laughs)
0: so um, yeah I think it's between the Raptors and the Wizards I won't count out the Raptors and again going back to development at this point yeah I just want them to go in uh, on trying to make the play-in tournament it's you know it's not like they have with so many with the games that are remaining what are they at now they're at 60 games played so with 12 games remaining it's not you know play-in tournament or tank it's literally play-in tournament or not play-in tournament You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, uh, so at this point I'd rather just see them go for it. I think that will teach valuable lessons uh, in terms of winning habits and trying to do the right thing and closing out games uh, and just playing winning basketball. So that's the way I'd like to see them go about these final 12 games.
1: Yeah. I I think my word of advice to Raptors fans preparing for this stretch run is enjoy it. Like enjoy these 12 games, root for wins all you want. And if they don't make it, they're going to have a good pick. Like, they're not going to fall any worse than, like, the 10th overall pick if they don't make it in. And, you know, it's a nice place to be. They also can't tank to the point where they're going to get anything better than, like, the 7th pick. They're very, I -hmm. think, comfortably in that 7 to 10 range, probably 8 to 10 range, considering the Kings don't have De'Aaron Fox right now and are probably going to continue to lose games. They've been quite bad recently. So, yeah, it is very much like not much to lose and everything to gain, or maybe there's not that much to gain except for some experience and a couple play-in games and, you know, a a quick first-round exit. But there's also a lot more to gain, potentially. If you get a banged-up team in the first round, um, you know, the health situations are so unpredictable. If any year is one to just kind of be in position to hope weird shit happens in your favor, this is the one, and they very much have a shot to do that. I also think it's... You know, again, the strength of schedule thing it comes up a lot, and the Raptors do have a very tough schedule coming up if you just go by the quality of teams that they're playing. Uh, they've got that West Coast road trip, there's back-to-backs, like, it's not an easy slog here. The Wizards don't exactly have, like, the bottom of the Eastern Conference coming up, though. They get the Spurs, Lakers, they get the Cavs again, they're playing the Cavs as we speak right now, and we'll know the result of that game probably after this is done, but... um. And they have the Mavericks, who are in a playoff chase. The Pacers, who are kind of barely hanging on for dear life right now. They have them twice, actually. Um, they get the Bucks on May 5th, and then they get the Raptors on the second half of back-to-back on May 6th. And I think that game, like, May 6th, probably is going to really decide this, right? Like, it, it, mm-hmm. it it's kind of looking like it's all going to point towards there, with only four or five games afterwards. And obviously, you know, to say anything is decided with five games left is probably disingenuous, but it is... Uh, that's going to be a big one for sure. And if the Raptors can win that one and kind of take advantage of Know, maybe a soft, like the softer games on their schedules take advantage of some injury stuff with the Nuggets being banged up and the Lakers still kind of being unsure as to what they're doing with their. Are they going to be resting guys if LeBron comes back? Are they going to rest AD, whatever that might be? Um, You know, there's no guarantees, is my point. The strength of schedule means nothing. No teams are ever whole, and you have no idea what kind of lineup you're going to come up against on a given night. So um, I would say, yeah, they're probably just by virtue of being behind in the loss column, probably you know, in tougher to make it than the Wizards right now, but I think it's very much on the table. And like you said, and like I uh, sort of echoed back, nothing to lose. <laughs> like, you're going to end up 8 to 10, no matter what, if you don't make it in. So that's uh, a pretty okay place to be. Um, should we do a Tankathon sim of the day? We haven't done one of these in a while, Big V. It's Why not? Luck. luck. Yeah, I mean, they, they've not done well in these sims, have not yet jumped up. They've stayed 8 four times. They've Stayed at 7th once when they were in 7th in the odds. <laughs> As it stands right now, Vivek, your Toronto Raptors are tied with the Chicago Bulls, a.k.a. the Orlando Magic, because they got that pick. Thank God for the Bulls. They lotto-protected that pick, my God. Um, or top four protected it, my, my bad. Um, but at 25 and 35, they have tied for the eighth best odds. A 5.3% chance at the number one overall pick. A 23.1% chance at a top four pick in the draft let's do it now let's get the drum roll and the raptors have fallen down one spot to ninth place uh there we go uh actually they didn't lose any ground they just stayed ground and they're not tied anymore so um yeah this this exercise really showing the futility of hoping for lottery balls i think is it's now i think six <laughs> times they have not jumped up in the standings uh ninth pick though man There's some guys there have you done much uh Draft digging yet, Big V? Do you have any guys that you're kind of latching onto as your favorites?
0: No, not really. I haven't gotten into all that yet. Uh, I will Mm. probably find time for it. uh, Closer to when the Raptors make their inevitable first-round playoff exit.
1: (laughs) oh yeah um i will say at at number nine in this uh fake draft they do get davion mitchell who i don't know why they take another point guard out of baylor the guy who had a wonderful ncaa tournament um but our guy jaden springer who is my guy is still on the board at that point and uh i'm also in for him also moses moody is at 10th on this board that i'm looking at here on tankathon as well um so yeah there's gonna be good players there. there there's uh there's excitement to be had, no matter what happens here, Big V. I'd I'd much rather cover playoff games, but if we need to do like three months worth of draft preview, we can also do that, no problem. Um. Anyway, that feels like a good place to leave this one, Big V. Thanks so much for stopping by, spending your Sunday evening with me, recording here. Do you have anything you would like to promote?
0: Usual stuff, man. Uh, what we got here. My, I actually have a long form about Josh Naylor, who plays for the Cleveland baseball team. Um, oh, sick. So you can check that out. I will be filming North Courts soon enough, so there'll be a new episode on Wednesday. You can look out for that. Besides that, there's the Manchester United podcast, Red Couch Manx, my usual stuff at Complex Canada. And you can follow me on Twitter at VivekMJacob.
1: Fantastic, man. Thanks so much. It's always lovely to chat with you. Uh, for me, you can find me on Twitter at Woodley Sean. Subscribe to, rate, review, all that good stuff. It's always appreciated when you take the time to uh, support the podcast. I love you so much if you are uh, a person who has done that or plans to do that in the future. Um, you can also listen to uh, Basketball, my podcast with Katie Heindel. You can listen to the CEBL show, the weekly Canadian Elite Basketball League podcast I do with Amy Audibert and uh a whole bunch more it's uh you know there's always something happening so thank you for your support uh again uh, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your shows Uh, do that for the rest of the locked on offerings as well if you're a toronto blue jays fan want to hear all about their shutout effort against the tampa bay rays on sunday aj andrews has you covered for locked on blue jays as i think we get george springer back this week which would be very very fun to see uh anyway thanks so much for tuning in we'll talk to you again on tuesday with another episode of locked on raptors (laughs) bye-bye